Well, I was a kid during that. I was fucking scared, scared. But even then, like, I couldn't, I was like, I don't know, I was into that. I was Once into you a- start bringing in, like, ghosts and shit, hella jump scares, like, if you just, if that's, especially jump scares, they get me every time. So ghosts don't give me a bit of scares. I don't want to have a goddamn heart attack while I'm watching the movie. <laughs> I don't want to have a panic attack. <laughs> have you guys seen um, Cure? Like, uh, he was like the mentor for the director that did Drive My Car. Cure came out in 1997. It was like the psychological, like, Japanese is it horror Kiyoshi movie. Kurosawa? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it is Kyoshi. Is it? Yeah. I think so. I've been meaning to watch some of his movies because I know that like he is a completely like renowned director from the era. What was that? I'm good, thank you. Ooh, I'm good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, like a if you really like psychological horror, that's kind of that rivals like Seven and and Zodiac and uh, Memories of Murder. Oh yeah, we're. I started rolling early. I was like, yeah, we should be going to go seamless. Or we gonna... like, should we have an intro? All right. As uh, I said, want to for those that? of you who are listening right now, bit of a late intro on this one, but uh, this is our After Dark series. We're back again. We just got hot off the trails of uh, Lost Illusions, which mm-hmm. was Pat's pick. Hanging out at uh, Tyler's place, getting the vibe going. Trying to paint a little bit of a picture for you all. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> gonna get the music going in a bit. And uh, yeah, we're just gonna hang out and you can feel free to come and go as you please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn, you'd be such a but, good DJ, dude. I don't know about that. There's <laughs> more coming than going. We should DJ That's weddings on say. the side. We should <laughs> lay film weddings. Yeah. <laughs> lay film weddings. <laughs> Yo, so I'm giving this wedding a 2.5 out of fucking 5. They don't even have an open bar. <laughs> the bride's clearly in love with the best man. Yeah, oh, go, shit. We can see that from a mile away. Start yeah. stirring shit up. I want to see their plot play out. What, why now we're, we're really uh, lay... God damn it, I can't fucking remember it. Uh, lay Sir Tom Satan or whatever. The fucking... From Lost Illusions. <laughs> whatever it was. Oh, uh, Le, 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 Le Corsair. Corsair. Satan. <laughs> Hey, I took four semesters of French in high school, so... Oh, dude. You know, I feel like I can tell you I how took, to say things. I took, yeah, I took a bunch of Spanish, and I wish I would have took French. Honestly... Even though Spanish is way more helpful. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely in California, like... Yeah, in my life. I wouldn't even, never use French. But French, like... That sounds nice. Oh, la, la. <laughs> that sounds nice. Hey, you, you guys want to know what's funny? Um, I don't know if any of you use Reddit or anything, but in the subreddit for Sacramento, there's like a huge uh, ongoing daily uh, recurrence where people are talking about uh, the perfect croissant to get in the area. I hate and... the city. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is honestly the best thing compared to well, what's usually in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, honestly, Sacramento's a bit of cesspool uh, at times. There are some good things. Like, to me, I'm going to try to bring to light some of the better aspects of Sacramento that I've come across. The croissant uh, renaissance is upon us. That's one of the highlights. Where's the best croissant in Sac? Honestly, I'm not sure. It's an ongoing search. The The person who originally posted about it had a very particular set of criteria. Uh, it had to be below, I want to say, 350. 
had to have the perfect balance of uh, crispiness on the outside as well as a uh, uh, butteriness butteriness on the mm-hmm. inside uh, a lot of moisture and everything that goes in there as well as a density because you know if you eat a croissant you don't want to be you know uh, jonesing for something afterwards right or to, uh, to yeah, whatever Anyways, the second thing that uh, I've personally up. come across Sounds that I've dark. been enjoying from Sacramento <laughs> is a local theater called the Dreamland mm-hmm. Cinema, mm-hmm. which has uh, recently, you know, they're mm-hmm. here for the next year. Uh, they've really come into their own. I love, well, I, I've been trying to go there every week. Um, they have a lot of incredible programming in terms of art house cinema as well as local stuff going on. Yes, that is, uh, the, the Instagram handle is The Dreamland Cinema, and they have a lot of great stuff, um, for instance, they're, they're playing a lot of the art house, you know, this weekend it's, a uh, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, Greener Grass, uh, Lady Hyde, which is a local filmmaker from mm-hmm. Sacramento, uh, they, they play a lot of great stuff, they even played We're All Going to the World's Fair, Love Witch, Polystyrene. Yeah. I really like that, uh, movie. Um, by Jane, uh, Showburn. Hopefully I'm saying her name right, but, um, yeah, that's like a feature film debut for Anna Cobb, who plays the main character, uh, Casey on, we're all going to the World's Fair, and, um, yeah, I haven't really, I've never seen a, a horror coming-of-age film like that before, where, um, it really, it definitely, it certainly, um, curtails the conventions of like jump scares in films like uh i don't know blair witch or paranormal activity where you know a scene is setting up a uh i guess i don't know um uh, a scare reel you know where you're gonna build up to like when something's gonna pop up and scare you and that's not a that's not we're all going to the world's fair at all uh, Richie I have a question for you so uh, where did you see this movie <laughs> oh yeah I saw it at uh, the Crest Theater in downtown so so uh, what are your thoughts on the Crest as a Sacramento establishment oh yeah it's um the tunes have launched it's very, uh, very cozy. It's very vintage as well. I like that it has that old film, like classic film vibe to it when you when you go watch a movie there. And um, yeah, it's it's a shame because when I went to go see the movie, there was probably like eight of us watching this, like um, yeah, this cult film. And. Um, I can imagine most people like not liking this film because it's essentially a video diary of watching someone like live out their own loneliness and detachment from reality. And um, it's done in such a genuine way. I don't know if you guys ever listened to Alex G. Mm-hmm. He did the soundtrack for this film and I, I like that Cress did a very unique way in playing Alex G's music. It's essentially like the trailer to this film and like listening to his sensibilities as how he tells the story with his music because yeah there's a lot of mundane yeah go to a show and do a live sesh after that'd be great nice honestly like i i'm 
Richie, the reason why I asked you that uh, about where you saw it is because I feel like right now we have it really good in Sacramento in terms of like film programming, uh, whether it's at the Crest, whether it's at the Tower, or the newly uh, Dreamland Cinema. There's so much going on in terms of uh, filmmaking and being able to have access to it as opposed to, you know, having to rent it on some platform or whatever. Um, I don't know, it makes me very fortunate. Like, I'm trying to find, like, a silver lining because, yeah. Yeah, I have to shout out uh, Ben's. Yeah, Ben's. A friend of the podcast who showed me this film because I reached out to him and it was playing there and I, and I wanted to watch this film. And he's also another person who has his knowledge and his foreway into um, these sort of films. Um, I should get more recognized and yeah gotta shout him out cause uh yeah we gotta have him back on and we gotta see more movies like this for sure yeah Ben's if you're listening love you love seeing you in the most random of places uh, it's always a pleasure whenever you're on the podcast um and yeah it's, it's just great to be able to have some sense of a community here and I feel like we all have got to go to the Dreamland Cinema soon. It's a very cozy theater. It seats about like 20 people. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just a lot of fun. They, the thing that I feel is very underrated that they do is showing short films before the actual feature presentation as opposed to uh, previews. I mean, they do show previews, but I feel like that's a really cool thing to do because one thing I remember from like uh, our time at Sac State is I don't know if you remember Tyler but in our script writing class with Ortiz um, he said something along the lines of like short films having more recognition uh, outside of the US or something yeah. like that uh, where like for, for some reason or another here in the US we don't really pay that much attention to short films mm-hmm. um, as they do in like Europe or something like that. Um, and I don't know, I feel like, you know, I've, I've recently come across like a, a few experimental filmmakers like Kenneth Anger, as well as um, a few other people, but they only made short films. It's like, if we don't have access to that stuff, how else would you like see that stuff, you know? Now drop us a jam. One of those things that we don't have the history, I think, unfortunately, or the tradition, like France and probably a lot of Europe. Like we all there. Didn't even Godard do shorts? Wait. Oh, oh yeah. Um, just talking about shorts. Um, we have too much. We have more of the Hollywood. Yeah, I was, I was gonna just say like the Hollywood. You just like that's we just make blockbusters. Like shorts don't make money, so nobody consumes shorts. Yeah, or like the profit margin isn't. But I think that that's a dope way that they could change it, like what Dreamland's doing, showing shorts and previews. That's just how you expose people to more content and more talent. Hire them. Yeah, maybe that's our way in. You know, you got to shoe in like the good, the good shit in the previews for the people before they watch the two-hour Marvel movie. See, at my local theater, they have the. uh, they have the Oscar shorts, which I'm very lucky I get to go see yeah. sometimes. I did that one time. That was really cool. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it'd be nice if that was like once a month or once a, just mm. whatever current shorts are big right now. 
But again, I'm not sure the profit margins on that could justify it. Versus like, you know, there's like grants. And Man, I wonder why that is, because we live in a society that's like fucking all about instant gratification, you know? Rather, you, people always complain about a long movie. Everybody I know, anytime you, if you make a three hour movie nowadays, we don't even need to go in this conversation, but yeah, everybody fucking like has qualms about it. But you can binge watch like can... Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every episode's over an hour. And then nobody wants to watch a 15 minute, 30 minute short. Yeah. Some people do, but yeah, it's a rare. The internet's helped in that regard. I've had people I've never even like paid for big into movies like send me. It was like one of a safe cracker a friend sent me. I still haven't watched it even because I'm just as bad. I don't know how to chew it up. <laughs> oh, you just skip it. Just oh, skip what? the song. You want me to skip it? Oh. Yeah, skip the song. Oh. I, already play, I think it already played. That's why I like uh, Black Mirror. I had like an anthology style narrative. I did like that. Where every episode is about a different story and it's the the time the runtime is uh, always varied. Wild Tales. Wild Tales, yeah. It's an anthology film. Yeah. Autobuster Scrubs was sick too. I love a good anthology. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't. We need more anthologies. How do you, how do you make how do you make anthologies into a brand? <laughs> That's what we should. Yeah. You guys ever watched the VHS series? I I've seen the Alien one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you could look at like Star <laughs> Wars is basically anthologies or any of that shit, right? Now, Game of Thrones, guess, oh, they all did, that. They did have the animated anthologies. Those were I, I did see those recently. Those were actually decent. You you all want to hear Deep Cut? Yeah. Drop that shit. Oh, there's an ad. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Which reminds me. <laughs> if you're listening, uh, drop the promo code LAYFILM at... Uh, What's the evil website? Uh... Limewire.com. Yeah, Limewire. <laughs> Flatter.geo. Get all your number one hits. Love Facts. is a Jungle by Peter Ivers. Think, thank me later. This is such a deep cut. I wonder, did I turn it down too low now? I hear something. I hear something. Yeah, I do like the VHS. I've I haven't seen all of them. I've seen I think in VHS two the alien <laughs> short. Yeah. They had the uh Rosemary's baby esque like storyline that turns into something crazy. Is that the, the cold end. one? I think so. Okay, I've seen that See, one everything too. I hear now, I'm like, damn, I'm just like I wonder if I could learn that on the piano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there aren't too and many. And I'll be like, of those. nope. Definitely not learning that. <laughs> Oh shit! They have VHS ninety four that just came out. It's like a nineties style version. We need more represent representation of the nineties because oh, too many this. people are sucking the dick of the eighties. Like I don't care about that time. <laughs> yeah, we need our time. Yeah, our time. Our time's ready to shine. God. <laughs> I was gonna throw one out there because I saw it recently. Uh, Matador by Pedro. I'm gonna butcher the name. 
Amlodora. Amlodora. I haven't heard of that, no. Uh, it's a bad education director. Oh, okay. One of his early ones is Matador. He is a. Uh, people say he's an icon for camp and uh, queer cinema. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I mean, bad education. Yeah, classic. Good film. But Matador is like a. It encapsulates how he's probably the greatest Spanish creator artist, I think, in film. The scripts, everyone I've seen has just been so unique, uh, so complex and complete, and uh, yeah, Matador, like one of his debuts, is just a whole room. Pushes the envelope for the 80s, even. We need to just, I need to just have a day where we just sit down and I need, <laughs> I need you to show me, like, we'll just give, like, 12 hours. I'm like, alright, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Give me everything you got. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not strap me That's down. One watching of the human condition. Strap me down to a chair. It's divided to like all four of all right, us. I'll, so give you, all... I'll give you three weeks. Strap me down to a chair and take my eyelids open. Yeah, that's, one, that's, that's one watching of the human condition, which was sent to me through Kevin. So you should be reaching out to Kevin. Wait, which one was it? The Human Condition. Oh yes, The Human Condition. That movie, or no, that trilogy fucked. Me up. Like, idealism runs deep in my veins, and it was a shock to the system to realize the harmful consequences of it. What? You didn't like the ending? Was I happy? Uh, <laughs> human condition, part Uh-oh. three, a soldier's prayer. <laughs> Isn't you, a good ending? Are you guys gonna disagree now? No. <laughs> that like, movie, yeah. We're aligned in pain. I'm watching that film. Oh. Yeah, I got my monster. Hey, have any of you ever heard of this this band called Fishmans? Fishmans? Oh. No. You get ready. <laughs> it's coming. Fishman. Okay. Yeah, for any Baby of Trump. you... Huh? <laughs> <laughs> For any of you actually interested at all in what I'm talking about, Fishman's is an incredible trio from Japan who are incredibly strange, but like their their musicality is just phenomenal. And this song, Baby Blue. Tell me you don't want to groove out to that. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I love the album cover. Is that yeah, it's just them floating in the air. They're all hanging out, having a good time. What's the background? It looks yeah, like an arid region. Plugging me with the jams right now. What era did they grow up to, in? I'm gonna have to start my game over now. I'm gonna have to put on a banger now. I'm not gonna find a banger. It's gonna just put on two bangers. Are you hearing that Mellotron? Oh, yeah. What's the song called? Baby Blue? Baby Blue, baby. <laughs> I'm gonna play this in the background of watching uh, American Psycho. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we gotta play Whitney Houston. <laughs> I, I, tell me why I am secretly trying to like push uh, a music-oriented uh, agenda on the After Dark series. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to push all the songs that we like listen to. <laughs> hey, it's to share. We had some, we had some good jams in the last one. That, 
Okay, that After Dark episode is going to be very difficult to top because we have Brandon. Yeah, we need Brandon. We're going to bring it back. Brandon's Brandon birthday. Brandon brought Brandon's the birthday. We need to just bring the gear, like, just the, the Zoom. Do, like, a field recording as we're go-karting. <laughs> <laughs> no burgers and brew without uh, Brandon Drew. Mmm, that is true. Oh. Brandon's oh. brew with no Brandon Drew. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't go wrong though. I mean, just his voice itself is like a warm blanket and just wraps around you. Hey, these guys are sick. This is like early 2000s. Okay, I gotta pick for the next song. That may be a line by. Why did this come yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe mine's more 80, 80s pop. But I gotta Let, let's do it, <laughs> alright? <laughs> I've been going through like a very serious like 70s and 80s. Uh, just going back to like music and stuff like that. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll go through like randomly like some months I'll be like on some 70s, 60s shit and then I'll be like 90s or new shit and then go to like 80s like pop just fucking like full on perms and shit like uh, <laughs> atomic kitten dude I, I went to portland for my birthday and like the entire ride up i had on the best of the 80s playlist and like every time cindy lopper came on you better believe i was losing my voice yep. all right tell me why i never knew that uh, the song that she made for the Goonies, like I never been able to find that song outside of the Goonies, uh, but it is absolutely, absolutely incredible. It's like the Goonies, alright, for me, alright. Like her and old school Madonna, like oh boy, god damn. I actually just watched that with Abby. She just Did? watched it for the first time. Dude, she the had never Goonies? seen it. What? I've never Whoa. seen. Uh, I've never seen the Goonies in its entirety. Oh my god, the Goonies is so good. One of the goats. I'm not gonna lie. It's like a comfort movie. It is. Isn't Josh Brolin in that one? I think so. Yeah, yeah. he's like the older. He's older like an older brother. He's like immortal or something. He's immortal. Something's wrong with him. He's gonna be in our like filmography for yeah, like, forever. <laughs> No country for old men. That man. That movie. Kicked ass in that movie. Top ten. He was in that one Marvel top movie, 10. like Endgame or something. That's a Kevin or, top ten. He's really I, good in I that too. Think so. But he made a lot of cameos. Damn, you like No Country for Old Men more than There Will Be Blood? I like. I mean, I do. I yes, That's I do because movie. I saw it before There Will Be Blood. I I saw it during my very formative. They're years both of, like naked picture movies. The, cinema, I can see that. Yeah, I the cinematography that. in No Country for Old Men is too insane. And like, and like the, <laughs> the use of like no music and just yeah. pure just yeah, like yeah, that is. It has like the best scenes that take place in the dark, mm -hmm. and you can still tell what's going on. You can see like what's going on on screen, even though like there's no music, there's barely any light. It's just like oh, uh, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, like, like when he's in the Day alley. Day Lewis though. <laughs> I mean, okay, he's... Daniel Day-Lewis, though. Okay, but we're talking about... Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I've abandoned my child. 
that's why I won best. Okay, I get it. I gotta look this up. I saw a cable movie. Hear, hear this! Hear this cast out: Mel Gibson, Daniel Day Lewis, uh, Anthony Hopkins. What? <laughs> Wait, it's I, a real movie. It's a real movie. I think Liam Neeson's maybe in it. <laughs> okay, was this in the 90s? Because if I it's think in it was, the 90s, I think it, it was. It's, taking the cane. it's young Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. I'm not sure the content is that good. Okay. But, like, I remember, like, it's like, who's that in the back? Is that fucking... Is that Daniel Day-Lewis as a supporting character? <laughs> <laughs> he's always been a lead in every movie yeah, he's, he's been in. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Alright, what do you think is the best actor of all time? Ooh. I'm sorry, that's a question fit for Like, fights. if you can put him in every movie, <laughs> yeah. like whatever you can think of, just any movie ever, like, uh, what actor? Oh no! Is it an XLR? I don't know if it's Spike or not. It's hard to say. Oh, wait, Pat, you gotta put on your pick, man. Oh, shit. I'm on, I'm on. How do I do this? Oh, no! I broke oh, you're it. You're good. Okay. Uh, you guys give your guesses or your picks. If it's from the 80s? What about Hobie? Is, is it Talking Heads? Just from like all time. Uh, no? Uh. I don't even know the, the artist's name. I don't even know how to spell. So bear with me. <laughs> No, I don't know how to spell. <laughs> uh, there we go. Oh, Greg. There he is. Oh, look at that album Man, cover. A surfer sick. in Whoa. the crest of the wave. That's, that's... Okay, you got the classic Stratocaster. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ooh. Oh, yep. That rhythm section. <laughs> and yeah, these straight up vibes. I don't understand the lyrics except for magic waves. Oh, wait, no, I do understand the Whoa! Damn, this is smooth. Yeah, Pat this is pretty fucking banger. sick. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Another one in the bank. Yo, we're three for three right now on songs we put on. Okay. <laughs> I've added all three. What is this one called? Uh, Tatsu, Tatsuro Yamashita? I believe so. Tatsuro Yamashita. Yeah. Tatsuro Yamashita. What's the name of the song? Uh, Magic Ways. Magic Ways. Yep. Throwing that one in the bank. The album is called uh, Big Wave. Big Wave. Magic Ways. Damn, it's not on Apple Music. Oh yeah, I hate that. There's certain bands you can't find. Fuck. I can't well, find whatever I'm adding, whatever the fuck is. Yeah, I'm on Spotify Premium, so that's where I can only currently look at. <laughs> I don't, um, you know, bootleg music or anything, because I'm pure. <laughs> and You're pure? Yeah. <laughs> you know, LimeWire is back now? Is it? So they're selling NFTs, man. Oh, so I can trust a new LimeWire. <laughs> <laughs> you can get illegally downloaded NFTs, and they'll put viruses all over your... Computer. How do you all feel about NFTs? Evil. Evil? I, I, I refuse to learn anything about it. Yeah. So I'll remain ignorant. I don't think Because it sounds stupid. I, I, I probably <laughs> should learn about it because some people are probably going to make some bunch of money off of it. 
That stupid shit. It's already gone. If you missed it, you yeah. missed it. <laughs> I don't even know really what it is. It's like you buy like a moment or something, right? Or like a like a certain thing that an artist or whoever makes. It's a Bitcoin attached to a JPEG. Yeah. The simplest breakdown. It's stupid. That is a pretty good breakdown, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we like the truest breakdown is it's an artificial speculative It's like a digital... I feel like they, of basically is they call it like a digital hard copy. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Because it it's, has a... It's, it's still just a JPEG. It's still just but, a file. But like that's how they kind of sell it in a way, right? Like but, it's a... It's like an original digital copy. Yeah, it's digital digital art. Yeah. It has a specialized address to it that makes you the sole owner of it. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like it's it's in its early stages, maybe. And it'll probably become something different down the road, but who knows? No, yeah, they theorize the only implement, the only way you can use it practically is going to be evil stuff. Like you're gonna have NFTs in games. You thought your skin was hard to get? Now you're gonna have an NFT skin. You're gonna have I think even Counter-Strike had a prototype of this before NFTs, where you could get obscure skins on the computer version, and then that became like a small market where you can, if you pulled a certain skin, you could sell it for thousands. But it's a video game. That's still a thing. It's still a thing? Yeah. And yeah, it's the same thing, but... That happened to my homie. He pulled a skin in, uh... Fuck, I think it was Counter-Strike, yeah, and he got cool. like $800, and so then he bought us all NBA 2K. Oh my god. <laughs> and we friend. all made builds on 2K. <laughs> we all played 2K. It's really sick. I play a lot of 2K. Spent like $300, because 2K was like 60 bucks, it was like 5 of us. Yeah, that's the best use of it. He took that non-material thing in a game and converted it to you guys all having the same game to play together. <laughs> <laughs> So you'll get, you'll get evil stuff. You'll get an NFT, phone backgrounds, little gifts you can send to people, emojis. If it, it even takes off, if it doesn't take off, it's just gonna, it's already served its purpose and laundered money properly. This song is fucking tired. Yeah, I'm loving this rhythm. <laughs> Makes me feel like I'm like Raymundo in Rocket Power when I listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I got Raymundo. That's a, what do we got going that's on That's a there? sick. You know what? Let me print something off. Yeah, hit yes. that. Oh, hit shit. that. Let me um, drop that shit. Uh, just uh, if I can see. Stuff. Wait, go to clear Oops. first. Go down to clear. Yeah. Okay. Oops, there, yeah. Clear that bitch. Yeah, they're evil. They're evil. <laughs> it's it's one of those classic things of how does money have inherent wealth? Currently, there is no backing yes. to the U.S. dollar whatsoever. It's the so. nebulous oil oil dollar, oil petrodollar, which is backed by military might. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> access to the world market. Do you guys have hope for the future? None. <laughs> that was gonna be my question. I'm like, was it? Was it gonna be like Pat? I was gonna be like Pat. Just give it to me. Just give it to me straight. Give it to me straight. That's what she said. Uncut. <laughs> tell me, tell me out. Tell me what it what it really is. Uh, Ethiopia's heading up, heating up. That's got that's looking bad. Um, Maybe civil war there. Uh, the ghosts of Rwanda. Maybe manifesting. I think there's been small scale conflicts already. Uh, they're using cheap drones. Uh, Iran. Uh, there's a lot of news about them. They're da they're daring to have nuclear autonomy. Which is, uh, I mean, however you feel about that, but yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, it's 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 looking grim, but you know, all I can do is live. Yep. Ignorance is bliss. I I, I love to be aware for no reason. Like I'm not gonna do anything to stop it, but I I do want to be aware a day before the nukes hit. I'm like, oh, the nukes are gonna hit tomorrow. Yeah, hit, hit me up. You let me know. I'll definitely not let you guys know. <laughs> hey, just so you guys know, we're getting nuked tomorrow. Yeah. Like, for sure. Thanks, Pat. The Benjamin Accords are uh, gonna happen, so uh, let's go to the mountains. <laughs> yeah. I'm loving this. Yeah, like, where are we going? Postmodern graphic. Huh? You guys were always I was daydreaming about that. If the world were to end? Yeah, you go up in the go up in the mountains. There's water. It's better than being in the city. Oh, you're saying oh, you're talking like a, I was. I thought you were talking like nukes and shit. But no, just if like things went haywire, go to the Yuba. Yeah, or if nukes nah, yeah. that's where the kooks are going though. Like those people out there are trained. People that are going up to the Yuba. Hey man, they need someone to pick the potatoes. That'll be me, I guess. <laughs> we'll start a militia. That's the daydream, but yeah, I don't have the discipline <laughs> or the skills, probably. <laughs> but we'll be like cool militia. Okay, have, have any We're a non-violent militia. We so, just smoke weed <laughs> and try to work our way through this apocalypse. Careful, Ty. You're going to get the ATF kicking down that door. <laughs> I feel like uh, the the only movie that I could like relate to this feeling is like watching something like 28 Days Later. Oh, yeah. Uh, where nice. like, you know, you have like some sense of normal normalcy and then you wake up in a completely different fucked. world. Yeah. And it's like all these old school responsibilities, all these social social constructs that just go Everything's out the window. full on like prehistoric. Yeah. It's like all uh, about just surviving and like being in the present moment. Tell me why I have like a weird desire, like repressed desire to like kind of like yearn for that. Where it's like I don't have to worry about like <laughs> Like sending my soul away to like some fucking job. Yeah, no, nah, like, fuck that. At the idea of like owning some house on some fake plot of land that was like stolen hundreds of thousands of years ago, years ago, like from who knows. It like, seems know. nice when you think about it, but then it's like, what? Then you gotta like sleep on the dirt and shit, and like you always gotta be like scared that you're gonna get stabbed in your fucking sleep because you got hella canned food. You know what's weird though? I the best sleep I ever get is when I'm out camping, like on my air pad, and yeah. like I I just have a sleeping bag on top of it. I literally get the best sleep. Like my bed, always tossing and turning on it. Maybe I just need to get a better bed. I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> I like, it's, it's good. Sleep camping it's a too. good bed. I get sleep everywhere though. I really sleep good. I envy you, Tyler. <laughs> I just smoke so much weed. (laughs) (laughs) I I know exactly what you mean. I'm just kidding. It's tempting to think of the returning to the returning to nature (laughs) through force because it's too scary to choose to do it. But yeah, which is why it's repressed. Do you realize how? Do you realize how (laughs) fuck shit would really be? You would would be very horrible. Yeah, yeah, millions of people. We're better off. We're better off. I would not make it. You have family. You have, you have a big dog. <laughs> you have family. You have a big dog. You have a big dog. Mac, Mac will lock it down. No, he he's won't. a really good, great like. Mac actually, the shitty thing is, <laughs> Mac. If he, like depending on the situation, Mac would pretty much be a liability in an <laughs> apocalyptic fucking situation. 
<laughs> Which would be the worst part about an apocalypse that I'd probably have to cut ties with Mac pretty quickly. Oh. <laughs> no, you, you know who I would want to be in the apocalypse is the person who wakes up like fucking Rick in The Walking Dead. Yeah. Or uh, Killian Murphy. I don't know how you say his name. So, Kill, is it Killian, Killian, Killian Murphy? Killian Murphy. Yeah. I'd, I'd want to be like his character waking up in a hospital like a month after everything. You know, it's died down a bit. Uh, it's still very dangerous because you don't know where you are, but at least, like, you're not dead. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I mean, but at the same time, if you're dead, you the what's chaos. the difference? Yeah, yeah, it's like... I like that. That's, that's the... Uh, Guys, we can make it. We can make it through. I just want to hang out with trees, man. That's I all I want to do. <laughs> like, not have to worry we about We should go to anything. fucking... We should go to Shasta. That's where we should go. Shasta. Yeah. Deep I've, in the woods of Shasta. I've never been in the woods of Shasta, mainly because it's been too hot every time I've, like, gone out camping. Mm-hmm. That place, it gets pretty hot, right? That place is pretty spiritual, I've heard. Is it? Shasta. Mm-hmm. Okay. That might be what we need. You know what kind of turns me off, though, from, like, uh, a lot of state parks, like, out in the wilderness is... The deeper out there you go, the more kind of like radicalized people you come across. Uh, Like for instance with Fort Bragg, there's so many murders that go on out there. uh, Because it's like isolated. Yeah. And there's a lot of strange people out there like wanting to get outside of like the, the, like just normalized society in a way. And I don't know, it's kind of scary. But I can see the allure of like wanting to get out of the city, but I don't know. Because that's why I like M. Night Shyamalan movies. <laughs> it's scary. I was just in Bodega Bay and it was hella foggy. I was thinking, I was like, damn, you can get murdered out in this shit. Easy. <laughs> yeah, the classic Zodiac scene it can just happen yeah. to you anytime if you're at a park. <laughs> When someone someone approaches at a park that I don't know, it's like, I'm about to pull the handgun out of the pocket. <laughs> that seems traumatizing. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's it, yeah. I sure hope aliens show up. That'll make it easier. I feel like there was a, a Star Trek uh, Next Generation episode where, um, you know, typically you. When it comes to the uh, the Federation, they try not to get involved with up-and-coming societies. It's like a one of the core components of their prime directive. However, one person became in the know of their presence, uh, observing their society, and they ended up being able to join them and just ditch their society altogether. Tell me why I would be completely okay with doing that. I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> I would do that. It's like, oh, you're telling me that race isn't a thing anymore? Oh, you're telling me I don't need to have money to do what I love? But oh. I'd have to be like, let me pull up, let me bring, like, all the cool people I know. Yeah, I'm right? Like, I'm like, yeah. It's like, hey. Like, if y'all fuck with me, they will fuck with them, too. <laughs> they, they have the Tyler stamp of approval, all right? Yeah. And that's guaranteed. <laughs> it's like, if you like monogamous relationships, you'll like polyamorous when you get to know me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> This is uh, Loving It by Little Brother, Ninth Wonder on the production, if any of you are familiar with Ninth Wonder. One of the greatest hip-hop producers of all time. 
That was like half a daydream for a script I always want to write. It's about like a guy who wants to get abducted by aliens, but he's he's jacked. Jacked. <laughs> he's jacked, and his goal is, is, is to be strong. No, his goal is to be strong <laughs> enough to like break whatever psychosis beam they hit him with to keep him paralyzed. That's <laughs> a fun experiment. Like he gets out, and the aliens like, oh damn! Like, do they respect him? Do they admire him? Does he steal the ship? Does he crash it? Does he go on space adventures? I don't know. <laughs> he's just jacked. He's huge. He's, he's Johnny Bravo. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, pretty more. Yeah. Then it, then it spins I'll take into. Ba- I'll take you back to my place. Then it spins my into mama lives there too. It spins into a space dandy type situation. That's a pretty good impression. <laughs> a Duke Nukem scenario. Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> do you think do have we already is there enough video footage out there of aliens I don't know those those recent ones I've been obsessed with uh, those were probably just drones which is really depressing remember, remember early early in the pandemic they started releasing the photos from like the mysterious encounters yeah it's looking mm-hmm. like those were drones and it's just like they were just slowly leaking it out I do have the I do have the one thing. I go on a drone. I was like, "What do you mean?" Okay, drones? but it was though. Like, what kind of fucking drones are we talking? But they're then moving there's... like alien spaceships, aren't they? Yeah, they're... Hey, man, we'll, I... they just got crazy. They we'll, got. We'll create the horrors of sci-fi war before aliens probably get here. <laughs> oh no. So why is that the more likely scenario? Because I, I don't know. I don't think. I don't know if aliens can reach us in time. We'll probably get our own alien advanced tech. And then also, you don't think they can reach us in time? I mean, you don't think that's already happened and we don't know? I think we, if it already happened and we don't know, it, it's, uh, it doesn't matter because apparently whoever they reached out to has been okay with how things are being run. So it's essentially like we live under them already. And then I like the theory that uh, if there's like a human equivalent close enough and they detect our radio signals, they could probably send missiles or nukes to hit us, hmm. like, 200 years ago, when, like, in, when like Thomas Edison was messing off radios. Maybe they did. That's why all the dinosaurs no, yeah, are dead. Yeah, we can get, like, a, 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 a metal spear could just hit the Earth going a billion miles an hour before we know it, and it could have been an alien civilization Those missiles, 2,000 years ago. Those missiles are meteorites. What if it's something not even physical? It's just purely ethereal, where it's literally just a beam of energy that just like the force Im- immolates ourselves like from like consciousness outward like that's that's like beyond like to me I feel like Lovecraftian horror is like the fringes of like the ultimate true horror which is existential horrors mm-hmm. which is like that which cannot be seen or even like fathomed um and I, like I said, I feel like Lovecraftian horror gets into that field. However, it's too squid oriented. Yeah, yeah, it's too, it's too like squid oriented. Like you said that. <laughs> but yeah, like to me, I feel like interdimensional beings who who are like viewing us like right now, but we can't see them because we our consciousness isn't capable of perceiving the dimension that they're in they just don't even view us as like anything more than like a mere blip oh the classic flatland experiment this is why oh, you yes, got it. the flatland this is why we should maybe take mushrooms <laughs> to get in touch with them yeah 
No, no. <laughs> no I've, I've run enough Lovecraft to know it's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I did watch, though, if you've seen on Netflix, that came out with a new documentary on, like, psilocybin, MDMA, um, mescaline, and, like, whatever. And they're all, used, like, the way they're used medically. The mushroom, the psilocybin one, is pretty interesting. Like, they use it for, like, people who are, like, just going basically, like, hospice. Or not hospice, but, like, they're probably going to die soon. And they, like, just, like, basically get them, like, shroomed the fuck out, like, into another dimension. And they're, like, they're, like e- easier to cope with death after, is yeah. what they say. What's it's it called? A transitional phase. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's, like, yeah, I can't remember, but... It just came out. Okay. Yeah, I, I have like high hopes for the future in terms of uh, mushrooms and basically a lot of the other psychedelic variants. I think if it's like controlled, like the way they did it, they had like a guide, like people with them, and then like they gave them like the dosage, and like there was somebody there like watching them the whole time. Like, yeah. If you were to do it like just, I guess, like a one off, like one off things, like spiritually. Because like a lot of people say, like, you literally, like, I felt it. You've done mushrooms. Like you felt it. Like it literally. Like you really do feel like more in touch with like. Uh, I don't even know how to explain it. Like the, the whole world. world. Yeah. yeah. Like the vibrations and shit. Like. It's really strange. Like. It's like a. Th- it almost clicks like a like a another sense. Like you can almost feel. It's. It reminds me of being a kid, in like a, in very yeah. simplistic terms. Because when you're a child, you have. Like, your, your sense of perception is amplified by the state of presentness. And that's why, like, you can sometimes see kids, like, closing their eyes because they're just so overstimulated. Whereas um, when you're on something like mushrooms, where it sort of takes you out of the, your normal confines that have built up, you know, years upon years, it gets you back in touch with that... Uh, childlike energy that was long forgotten and that's why there's like such an afterglow effect like especially in terms of a depression and anxiety it it helps you repave new paths in your old outdated forms of thinking that sort of like took a toll on you and uh, the times that I usually take mushrooms is uh, usually in uh, micro doses yeah, same. Um, and I feel like it's very important, like when it comes to like things that you don't have experience with, it, it's 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 there's I feel like there's two kinds of people, like either one who just dives head first or the person who like you know steps in one toe at a time. I feel like in that regard, it's very important to do one toe at a time, yeah. especially with somebody who knows about it. Prior Absolutely. To and like with me, I am very particular about how I do mushrooms because I don't like the nausea that comes with it, it kills it for me. Uh, however, I love being able to reconnect with nature when I am on them, whether I'm in like a forest or if I'm just like in my apartment. It just gets me to empathize and sort of like do like a refresh. And yeah. Oh my god, is it incredible. Like, I, I attribute my uh, my coming out of depression to be due to mushrooms. Dude, for, like, even, like, for me, like, I, like, I, I feel like I, I did, like, the last, like, three months, I probably did, like, the little squares, like, 
four or five different times, like two super tiny microdoses. But like after like, I don't know. And then like I stopped and I was like, damn, I feel like a nice like, I don't know, not like I don't know. I wasn't depressed, but like I don't know. I just I felt like better, like even better. And I was like, damn, I feel like it had to be because of the mushrooms, like. Cause I did it one more time for my birthday and then after I was just like I don't know it adds like a little afterglow like pep in your step and yeah no time you yeah. know definitely if you're curious be safe but dabble be safe but you can dabble in it the the last time I did mushrooms was when I went camping in Fort Bragg I want to say a month or two ago dude we need to do mushrooms how have we not done mushrooms together I yet? don't know I feel like it's gonna happen. Oh well. And yeah. I'm like, there. Yeah, I'm we'll have a good time. There. Uh, but when I went, uh, and when I went to Fort Bragg, I took mushrooms and I, I was camping at Van Dam National Park. And if you ever find yourself out there, there's a little trail where um, there's a bit of an amphitheater that's kind of like overgrown, and. I found myself just like sitting there and having like sort of like an internal like conversation Man, with that myself. That sounds like a sick spot though. It was incredible. Like it's it's literally just all wooden like seating all facing this uh wooden like these wooden panels for like whoever knows like what kind of ceremonies have happened there since its inception. But I had sort of like a, a strange uh conversation with myself because I feel like with the past three years of my life I have sort of um, hit a bedrock in terms of my spirituality and it's been very difficult for me to bounce back and I, I feel like through therapy and through like a lot of uh, self uh, or contemplation and um, solitude I've tried I feel like I'm on I'm on the come up of that but um, I've also been creatively blocked too. Like I haven't made anything since Mannequin, which has been since like 2019, and it's like 2022, almost gonna be the end of it soon. And I feel uh, kind of like an imposter um, when it comes to creating things. And anyways, this conversation that I had um, really revolved around the concept of creating things in basically if it's even of any worth to say anything at all. And it... At, at the end of it, I, I kind of came around to this notion that, you know, maybe it is okay for me to not create anything ever again. I am... If, if that's what's meant for me, then I will accept that. Uh, but then at the end of it, I sort of realized this is the kind of thinking that you're, that one experiences at the end of a cycle. And I didn't realize that I had been on a cycle for the past three years. Uh, I mean, of course, like, in the very beginning of it, you can kind of feel it, but if you've been on a cycle for a prolonged amount of time, you're bound to forget that you were on the cycle to begin with. And then I sort of came back to it with, like, a, a, a renewed sense of self-worth, and confidence and reassurance and saying, no, I do have more things to say and I want to be around to say them despite the gloom that is on the horizon. Um, because that's the whole balance of light and dark. So, 
don't know. I feel like despite all of the things going on in the world today, there is reason to live. Oh yeah. I feel like too, it's totally cool to fit, take a hiatus from creativity. You're the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you on the cycle right now? Oh, completely. Mine is more of like I do it and then I panic when I don't do it after enough time. And then I force myself to do it. And then yeah, like the fear about the voice thing. That's like my that's one of the embarrassing college memories I have. <laughs> what about it? Be, like be the, upfront about it, Pat. It's like on the one it's like uh back in senior the senior film class and we took it the second time. And I was directing. I got I got like all the leftovers of everything. And I was kind of playing, so I was like, <laughs> It's not, it's not gonna be made. It's gonna fail. I think I was re I was listening to the Alchemist on my commute, and to finish the personal legend part, like I finished the audiobook, it's only like four or six hours. And I was like, yeah, I gotta pursue my personal legend. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> they gave me the little push to crank out whatever we cranked out, which is completely due to Cody Chan. Without him, there was no movie. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I felt the desire. Like now I have, not that I have a voice, but it's like, goddamn it, there's so much bullshit out. I may as well say something. <laughs> I, I, I don't want you to shortchange yourself in that exchange either. Like when you're saying without him, there'd be no movie, because ultimately you're, you are the reason why it exists. You know, but. It's like he was he was a catalyst to help yeah, what's you. Up, major what's up, Cody and Pat. Yeah, exactly, Pat. <laughs> like, yeah, I called Cody and then he's Yeah, Cody and then Jerry Reddis. Big time editor. And yeah. They were great crutches to lean on. I might be there there for me. But yeah, that was yeah, I remember having that voice crisis of like Yeah. I was lucky to get selected, but I was also still last selected, so I was like, shit, no one's on board, I gotta carry this along. But yeah. And I haven't done anything creative since, except for other roles. Yeah, I know what you mean about that. The I mean, you edit the pod. You always edit the pod. Yeah. I barely edit it. It's the easiest. <laughs> I just plug and, plug and play for the pod. I, I usually go through and cut out... <laughs> A lot of dead air. That's it. I, I don't have the patience. I get too upset. Yeah, that's a lot. That's more than I do. No, you're here. The only, thing I, the only thing I create is cocktails. That's all I do. Some damn now. good ones. I didn't even get my degree in that. <laughs> so Tyler, you, you, you create the home that we're currently in. That's more than anything I've made. <laughs> nah, I didn't create this home. <laughs> Not literally, but yeah. It's, it's the vibe of the home. Ikea created this home. We're <laughs> <laughs> sponsoring Ikea for free now. No, you can get a house though, too. You can get a house. I can't. I don't know if I can get a house. <laughs> you have a house. 
I rent a house. I rent a house too. This uh, house is rented. Oh, it's not mortgage. No, fuck no. Yeah. Hell no. You think Pat? You think I'm that well off? <laughs> I'm married. You got two. I got that going. You two are. I got a wife. You know what I've like come to? I mean, I, it's been a thing that I've like known about, but it's becoming more at the forefront of my thinking. Is that this country despises single people? Like in terms of like, I mean, I'm not just saying like people who have so. like girlfriends and like boyfriends, but like if you aren't married. No, it despises people. I it's just oh yeah, that's a, that's a more upfront. I feel like way. if anything, it's like it used to be like that, but now it's like we're getting more like into the uh, like everybody's kind of like it's cool to be single. Well, I mean, like in terms of like um, in a capitalistic way, it despises single people because like oh, when yeah. tax breaks, yeah, absolutely, like it's buried, harder to it's harder to thrive as a single yeah, person. That, that's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, one hundred percent. That was going to be my thing I was saying to Pat. I was like, yeah, I mean, you really can't get a house unless you either make a shit ton of money, like, especially living in California, or yeah, like, the only way I did it was getting roommates. Even still. I unlocked a new addiction. If Abby divorced me and I had this house and she left me and I had to pay for the bills here, I'd like, I'd have to start doing it. Right. I don't just start yeah. selling drugs, Richie. Yeah. Let's see if I can make up for like three or four people. I'd be able to for pay the it. listeners out there. Pat just pulled out a lottery ticket. Yeah, He's man. gonna see if you gotta be a TikTok fan. Oh, let's go! <laughs> I, I I bought my first lottery ticket like last. If Pat wins, wait, are you checking the numbers. numbers right now? Oh yeah, they pulled today. If he wins the lotto on live air right now, uh, you know what? I got a good feeling. I have a, a feeling fucking for great you. feeling. I, I'm, Here we go. I'm lending my spirit energy. Pat, I'll let you know right now. If you win the lotto, I'm not asking for any money. <laughs> I will just be happy for you. you I'll be ask. super happy, but I'll also be super man. bummed if you don't give me any money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, win. It's all good. <laughs> Fuck. Are you going to get some compensation? No. Damn. No, I, yeah, I did good. Maybe I got a hundred. I'm, I'm still not good at reading it, so be patient with me. Do you, uh, I have a question for you all. Um, how do you all uh, perceive goals? Do you think that you're able to attain them when there's a hard deadline in place? Or do you like to take it at your own pace? Hard deadline. Hard deadline? I need the pressure. But I, I mean, I can do it taking my time, but... I almost need, yeah, I need, like, something to, like, Like accountability? Know. Yeah. I can't account on myself. I, I don't, or, yeah, I don't trust myself. <laughs> I need other people to start depending on me, and then I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, I can disappoint myself. I can't disappoint Kevin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'll do it. For, I'll do it for Kevin. I won't do it for myself. <laughs> I started listening to this audiobook called Attached by Rachel Keller. It's about how you can improve your, I mean, mainly focus on romantic relationships, but just your relationships, or relationships in general and how we have a, all these attachment um, systems built into us and how, you know, there's like the uh, dismissive avoidant and anxious attachment and secure attachment. And I didn't even realize that 50% of like, Apparently, the general population has a secure attachment. And, wow. And, and the 25%, there's the anxious attachment. And then in the 20% is the uh, 
Dismissive avoidant. Yeah. Shit. I used to be dismissive avoidant for sure. Oh yeah, there's definitely room to. I don't know if it's called evolving, but like kind of like shifting. That's it right there. Where is it? Uh, Lisette and Kevin. Mm-hmm. Was it down here? Maybe. That. But no, that's that's really interesting though. Like I had no idea that fifty percent of the population is secure. That's yeah. strange to me. I feel like it would have been. I feel like it would have been entirely skewed. Yeah, it's kind of an insane number. Like I, I feel like I've transitioned into secure lately within like the past year. Or no, not the past year. I probably like the past like two or three years. Yeah. Uh, it's been a bit of a long journey. Oh, this song. Kevin, thank you for putting me on this song. I've probably listened to it a hundred times. Really? At least since you sent it to me. Easily. The song is called Talk to Me by the second Kevin. It's a Q-U-E-V-I-N. Uh, I wish that I copyrighted that name for myself. I literally was thinking, I was like, Kevin, you should have fucking, like, I that should be, like, your IG <laughs> handle or something. It, it's, like, such a good play on words. Like, <laughs> gay and Vin. Like, man. And I love her voice. She reminds me of, um, of, like, some of my favorite singers from, like, the old doo-wop eras. What was that, um... Girl, you posted a uh, singer. Like the oh, other day. Rosie Hamlin from Rosie and the Originals. Listen, uh, this this singer actually reminds me a lot of Rosie Hamlin. She ha- she has like a famous uh, song called Angel Baby, which she wrote when she was like fourteen or fifteen. Damn, yeah, that song you were pl- like, you played like on your post too was sick. I was like, damn, I've never heard of this chick. That song I've listened to thousands of times. Yeah, like, I need to check her out. What was I, her name again? Uh, Rosie and the Originals. Rosie and the Originals. And it's called Angel Baby. I, I want to... I had a, a dream recently about um, uh, one of... Well, I, I should say my first love uh, back in elementary school. Mm-hmm. She was my neighbor across the street. Her name was Ellie. And she had like two brothers, and they would always we would always hang out. They'd come over. We'd play Goldeneye uh, on N sixty four Mario Party. Sick. And yeah, I met her in the third grade. And throughout third, fourth, and fifth grade, we had like our ups and downs. And uh, we were talking about it earlier with uh, Tetherball and you, Richie, how you like uh, coach kids with Tetherball and stuff. I. Uh, vividly remember having a, a rivalry with this kid named Winston, who was a foreign exchange student at my elementary school. Bitch-ass Winston. From New Zealand, man. He had that, that cool vibe, but I could tell that Ellie had a crush on him or something like that. So I had to school him in tetherball, right? defeat him, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Embarrass and, him on the playground. But yeah. in, my confi- in my overconfidence, in my arrogance, I was very hurtful to Ellie, like, at times, where I would, like, mock her a little bit, because I didn't want her to, you know, fall in love with this guy, and I would, like, try to apologize to her, and then things would smooth over and everything, but, um, in the fifth grade, we ended up going on a, uh, camping trip, 
to like a collective thing for like our entire grade. And um, all, I still have all of my photos that I took. I had like a disposable camera. And I wasted all the film on, like, the first two fucking days that I got there. <laughs> like, taking photos of, like, the cabin and stuff we were in. But um, on my final day of fifth grade, it was, like, one of the most, like, heart-rending things that I'm still not over. Um, Did you confess your love? No. What ended up happening <sighs> is uh, we all went over to our friend's house. Uh, her name was Jenny. And uh, we went in her backyard, and then we had a marriage ceremony because I was moving up to Sacramento, uh, unfortunately. And so Ellie and I got married, and technically I'm still married to her. Yo, that's fucking... That's a that's amazing. You, you want to know what's that's weird? That's a dream come true. Yeah, and that's where I had my first kiss. And um, I remember I tried, I tried keeping in touch with her that summer, like trying to call her and stuff, but um, it just kind of fell by the wayside. But I found out... One of my best friends from third grade through like fifth grade, his name is, uh, well, I don't want to give away his name to create too much like draw, Doxum. like ties, yeah. But she ended up marrying this guy oh. and having a kid with this guy. What? And I'm like, dude, that could have been me if I stayed there. And it like got Wait, me feeling so like. You guys got like, you were moving, you and her. You, so you basically confessed your love for each other. Oh, absolutely, because I was moving, and this was—it was like now or never, right? Because yeah. like, dude, if the I'd... courage of a fifth-grade boy. Major props. Yes. That's legendary. I have a special place in my heart. Somewhere out dude. there in another dimension, it already happened. I feel like it did, right? Yeah. That's I crazy. So. That's actually—and that was your first kiss. That was my first kiss. And dude, I wanna we we should make a movie about that. See, and that's the thing which gets me back to Rosie and the originals is that I had a dream about uh, Ellie recently where it was I was going back to the house that I remembered them all living in and I was kinda like worried, you know, you know, having this reunion of meeting this person again and you know, if they'd even remember me. So I like went to this record store trying to find something and apparently she'd become like a big celebrity like a an actress but like kind of in a terrible way like where people like mocked her performance much like Coralie in uh, Lost Illusions the film that we talked about um, but really everyone knew she was talented and I found her DVDs and stuff and like she had like one CD of like original songs and then another of like a soundtrack for the movie she did this is and such a vivid dream it is and um, in the movie, like, I, I saw it in my head, like, as I was dreaming, it was like a black and white movie of her on the beach at night and just laying in the sand as the ocean's, like, washing over her. And she's, like, a singer, uh, kind of in the, in the guise of Rosie from Rosie and the Originals. And I, like, heard Angel Baby playing kind of in, like, a similar song to it, playing through that. And then when I went back to the house... I was like so worried about it. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like coming back to this person who I feel like I've been attached to my entire life. And then I see her and then I wake up. Wow. And that's always how it goes for me in dreams. Like, oh yeah, the best part, you always wake up. And there's, there's this podcast that I listen to where um, it's called Dead Eyes by Connor Ratliff. He talks about how he was fired from 
Band of Brothers uh, by Tom Hanks for like a very secondary role. But he talks about um, how with dreams, he dreams are never good because when you wake up from them, you're either disappointed by having to go back to your life or it's just a bad dream that you had. And I feel like I resonate with that so much. Like I used to view dreams as being like, I mean, I still do of having like this very powerful message that you can decode because it's like a parallel life that you dip into only in sleep. Yeah. Like only during like a temporary, temporary death do you experience it. But when you have a good dream and you wake up from it, how often do you feel good from that dream? I a, have some good dreams. Yeah, it's a really good dream. I wake up feeling pretty pumped. Yeah, like I had some dreams. I don't know, like I can't even think, explain the situation, but I know I have dreams where I'll wake up and be like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, because it reminds me, it's something like cool in my life, whether it's like Abby or like um, I don't know, like playing some basketball or whatever, or hanging out with some homies, it'll be anything like that. I'm like, damn, like, all right, I'm gonna go do that shit right now. Like, I'm inspired to go kick it with the pod, the homies, or whatever, go do whatever with Abby. Or I'm like, damn, I was just balling in my dream. I'm about to go play some basketball. <laughs> Straight up. 360 Duncan. You ever wake up, like, I'm sure Pat, or you played soccer, like, you'd be having dreams, I'll be having dreams, and I'll be like, dream. I've never? I've, I've, I've had... The closest dream I've had like that is I had a dream I was like a brilliant artist and I kept a journal next to my bed with all my drawings <laughs> and I woke up and looked for it for like five minutes. <laughs> oh, shit. And then I realized like, oh wait, I can't draw. Well, you know how like you like oh like you can like jolt out of sleep. Like I'll be having dreams all the time. Like right when I fall asleep, I'll be playing in a basketball game. I like go for a steal and like literally like I wake up and like my arms like, <laughs> moving for the steal or like, or, like fucking. I wake up from scary dreams like that, or you shoot up. Sit, I sit up sometimes. Yeah. I'm about to hit the ground or something from a plane. But I do get what you're saying though too. I do have a lot of dreams that are just like confusing, and sometimes you just wake up and you're just like, well, the simulation. I gotta go to work now. Fuck. I just feel like a deep sense of yearning for like being able to just like experience like that world for like a moment. But it's like I already have in the dream, you know. I can't be greedy with that sort of stuff. But it's it's. I feel like one of my core um, struggles in life is being able to accept reality as it is. Like. Um, I had a conversation with a friend recently talking about like uh, the realization of adulthood compared to childhood is that with adulthood you can have multiple contradictory feelings and have them make sense. You know, they can coexist. You know, you can long for a childhood but also be grateful for it. Um, and that's kind of like something that I'm trying to remind myself every day now. Yeah. Because I have had good dreams where I do feel good afterwards. Like, um, just to keep it short, I, I used to have a pet iguana that uh, as I got older, I wasn't able to delegate as much time to it. And it was a very important lesson to me about uh, responsibility and, you know, entrusting another living creature's life and you know, being able to take care of it. But in a lot of dreams that I had, uh, whenever I'd see this iguana, it would kind of haunt me because it would be, it would appear as malnourished. It would have like all these like flies on it. And it would be on like the verge of death. 
But as of recently, I've seen this Maiguana Sparky being very healthy and being alive, very much alive and being vibrant. And it's made me, like, whenever I do awake from those dreams, happy to know that uh, I was able to have something so profound in my life. I have those exact dreams with foster kittens. Really? Yeah. It's like, I used to have six and then the dream. I have three, and then I have two, and then I have one. I haven't had it since the last one. But yeah, it's brutal. I hate those dreams. Dude, I have dreams at all, like, anytime. So yeah, I usually, like, the good dreams are rare, but yeah, they're usually <laughs> weird or, like, a fucking bad dream. Like, I'll have dreams with Mac all the time, or, like, Mac's in danger. Really? All the time. Like, I've had, like, probably, like, five to ten dreams where I'm, like, on a journey to go save Mac. There was one, like, I remember it was so vivid, I, like, was, like, traveling, like, through, like, these crazy, like, back roads and shit, and I just pulled up, like, on somebody's house, and, like, I had to, like, fight this guy, like, in his house, and then, like, I get into the garage, and I just see Mac, like, sitting there, like, like with his tongue out, like, <laughs> like, I'm okay, thanks, Dad, thanks for saving me. <laughs> or, like, I'll be, like, somewhere, like, hiking, or, like, walking somewhere and like I know Mac is with me and then like I'll just notice him like bolt off like into like somewhere hella far and I have to go like chase after him but like it's like he went really far and I'm like fuck he's lost I can't find him and then you wake up you know you give him a little extra pets no <laughs> oh, mama <laughs> please don't leave I've had some more ones of that so we'll fight on Fucking dogs are tight, dude. They are. Dogs are so tight. They get it. Yeah. They get it, for sure. Like the most unselfish being ever. Actually, he might be a little selfish sometimes. They're just in a constant state of presentness. <laughs> yeah. And that blows my fucking mind. Dude, it's pretty awesome. Like, I go, like, I get home every, like, today, like, I got home, like, <laughs> like taking shit. <laughs> I'll pump the to see you. Yeah, he just like comes up and like lays down like you guys have gone like in my master bath bathroom or whatever. It's like a super tiny bathroom. Like so imagine like sitting on that toilet and then Mac laying down on the floor at your feet. He's like barely can fit in there. He's like laying on top of my feet as I'm like taking the shit. And then I go to take a shower after and he's laying in front of the shower. I'm like, God damn it. He's hanging this fucker's awesome. He'll be in there in the psycho scene. He's stabbed in the shower. <laughs> Mike will be there. <laughs> For anyone who is still somehow listening to this, uh, <laughs> we're probably going to wrap it up here. Um, thank you once again for joining us on yet another After Hours or After Dark uh, installment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Keep the party going. We'll be back soon. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so at leefilmpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us, you can do so at leefilmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep watching movies. Keep living life. Keep doing your thing. And we'll be right there alongside with you. Take care.